Today's sponsor is Audible with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash decode. We'd also like to thank Qualcomm for making today's show possible. First, they connected the phone to the internet. Now they're connecting the internet to everything else. Qualcomm. They're the inventors bringing the future forward faster. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the Yang Tanix deck chair supplier, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode, and while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair is Eric Jackson, Managing Director of Spring Owl Asset Management. He previously founded Ironfire Capital, but is probably best known as the activist investor in Yahoo, which just sold to Verizon for $4.8 billion. Time Magazine called him Yahoo's loudest critic, but we'll see about that because really that is my title. Eric is joining us from his office in Toronto. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, Kara. Great to be here. Thank you for coming on at such short notice. We really want to talk about Yahoo because a lot of people are still interested in this deal, and you've been one of the people that have been pushing this. But let's talk a little bit about our history of where we met. We met at a Yahoo annual meeting, if if I recall. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it was 2007. Yeah. I remember you still had a flip phone at the time. I did, and I I did a flip phone interview with you at the the time, a flip camera interview. So talk about, you were a big Yahoo proponent, and I was a critic back then because I thought they were sort of running it into the wall over and over again, and it was painful to watch. Talk a little bit about sort of your involvement with Yahoo so people get a sense of how long you've been around besides me covering this. Well, yeah, it's been like almost 10 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess it's been 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, I wrote a blog post. I started a blog back in 2006, and I I was writing about kind of mundane stuff related to management and governance, and uh, I was doing management consulting at the time, and I just happened to write about Terry Semmel Mm -hmm. at Yahoo, and I asked a question about whether Yahoo's success at that point was due to Terry Semmel or was more in spite of Terry Semmel. And for me, anyway, back then, I remember just getting like tons of comments and reactions and most of the people who reacted were ex or current Yahoo employees. Mm -hmm. And so I'd followed the company a little bit from afar. I'd worked in tech uh, before. So I had some dealings with Yahoo. Most of the people at Yahoo that I had experience with coming out of the dot-com crash were, they seemed a little bit full of themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, at least back then. Welcome to Silicon Uh, Valley. But but, uh, I was really surprised at just how strong the reaction was, and it just made me curious in the company. I knew about activist investing from back in grad school, and I met some activist investors back then um, and some corporate governance uh, professors and such. And, you know, the lightning struck and I thought, you know, Yahoo would be an amazing candidate for an activist investor. Uh-huh. Because at that time, it still was a great brand, uh, had huge traffic. And yet, Terry was doing a lot of good things, but they were also fumbling and they you know, just missed out on Facebook and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, I became more interested, became an activist in 2007, and kind of have never really left, I mean, right. with, with, so with rare, what, rare exceptions. So you just, what attracted you to this company in particular, just because it was an iconic Silicon Valley company? Just the thing that stands out is that it has, for 10 years now, it seemed to have so much potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost consistently never, never been able to it. live up to that potential. It's like that kid so, that you know is talented, but never seems to break out. It's still sitting on the couch eating donuts kind of thing. 
Yeah, and so you know the the news that it sold to Verizon in a lot of ways, you know, it's really struck me as sad yeah. uh, because I think of the great people that I've gotten a chance to meet mm -hmm. uh, through the years who maybe have you know have heard about me, you know, rabble rousing about Yahoo, and mm -hmm. then you know, re reached out and we've started chatting about the company and. It's just stunning how many great, talented people have worked there, and yet they have always seem to do their best work when they leave Yahoo. When they leave Yahoo. Um, well, we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about sort of your background. So you were a you were long Yahoo forever, correct? Yeah. And yes, you're, you're still long. You were still long Yahoo. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, but yes. It, you were a critic, but then not a critic. You, you liked Marissa Mayer, for example. We'll get to her. But when you were a critic for Terry and Carol, or I don't remember, actually, when you turned. Because yeah. there's a point where you turned well, and decided to agree <coughs> I, with I my guess, good yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was always a critic of the company. The board and whoever the CEO was, they always seemed to be kind of doing, uh, you know, this sort of lax job, you know, just not not moving as fast as they should be, not taking advantage of all the opportunities. Uh, so I was critical of Terry and Carol, you know, in hindsight. You know, I think sometimes unfairly uh, because I, you know, I came to kind of respect uh, a lot more things that they did over time, and especially as the CEOs <laughs> went on, uh, they didn't seem so bad mm -hmm. after a while. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then there was just like crazy period with Tim Morris as the interim CEO and Scott Thompson and all this Ross for a time, uh, where you know, no nobody was really in charge. So when Marissa came in, I was very supportive of Dan Loeb mm -hmm. and and uh, Dan Loeb effectively with Michael Wolf. This is Dan Loeb. Picked. Explain who he is. He's a, a very so, big activist. Investor. You're, so you're he was. A, he's a, he was a big activist. I had been, in, you know, long Yahoo, involved in Yahoo. I got really excited in t 2010 because I, I think I was over in Hong Kong when you were doing a, you know, a conference over there, mm -hmm. and I, I happened to meet Joe Tsai, who mm -hmm. at that time was the CFO of, of Alibaba. And Alibaba back then was private. It was only worth about ten billion dollars. Yahoo owned forty percent of it from a 2005 deal, and uh, it's sort of in meeting him, I just became much more appreciative of just how big Alibaba was going to be. So I, right. I w that's was the main reason why I was so excited. But Dan came along. Now, just let's started, for, for context for people, uh, Jerry Yang and Terry Semmel and Dan Rosenzweig and Sue Decker were all part of buying a piece of uh, that large piece of Alibaba. They had tried to go into China, didn't work, and they decided instead to invest in a promising Chinese startup uh, called Alibaba. Yeah, and you know, people like to harp about all the mistakes Yahoo's made over the years. Greatest but, trade ever. You know, one smart move, you know, kind of can make up for a lot of dumb ones, mm -hmm. and that was the home run of home runs for for Yahoo and Yahoo shareholders. But Dan Loeb was an activist investor. He, a loud one. He he was a loud one. He he came on the scene in 2011 when Carol was still CEO. Uh, the board actually pushed Carol out before Dan kind of you know formally announced himself as mm -hmm. an activist, and and then they started fighting with Dan and. And there was a proxy contest. And from my opinion, you know, Dan was saying all the right things, doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. uh, he sort of uh, unveiled that Yahoo's temporary CEO or their, their pick for CEO, Scott Thompson, had uh, fibbed about part of his resume. Yes. And he was gone. Dan suddenly swooped in and was put on the board. And one of the first things that he did with uh, with someone who worked with him, Michael Wolf, was hire Marissa, mm -hmm. uh, to, to the surprise of many people, because it seemed like Ross Levinson, uh, who was the interim CEO, was sort of... Right. Uh, sort of in, in line to take that spot. And uh, it was a big surprise hire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I knew about as much uh, about Marissa as most people, which is, was just sort of, you know, the view from afar. Star and, CEO. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was supportive of Dan. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, this was a commitment by an activist investor to the long run of the company, because basically they were sending a message that, 
we believe in new product development where this is the path to do it and Marissa is the person to do it. And so I wanted to be supportive. I so think you were very it, supportive. It was interesting because you and I would have a back and forth on the – I had covered her and her tenure at Google and had seen a different side of this particular executive and, and all Google executives. I think they get buoyed by being at Google and everybody gets this sort of you know extra special polish because they're at Google and it doesn't mean once they remove themselves from that paradise yeah. that they do well. Yeah, and if I remember, I mean, and to be fair to you, I, I think really, honestly, Kara, you were the only person who was, you weren't negative about her, but you were skeptical. Mm-hmm. I guess you were, I guess, realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you were so like, well, hey, I mean, it was almost universal applause. It was right. almost, the, that was the reaction. Everybody right. was like, I can't believe they got her. Um, wow, this is fantastic. And all this, that was the general consensus. All these people now within the last few days, people like Chris Mims and Farhad mm-hmm. Manju and Dan Primack, who, who, who now say, oh, well, it was destined to fail. Mm-hmm. It was a melting ice cube. What do you expect? Uh, nobody was saying that at the time. No, everybody was saying. And in fact, everybody. I wasn't either because I felt like it was not. It was a perfect opportunity to revive it right then. I mean, it had the money right. from Alibaba. It had uh, someone who had a lot of credibility or, or at least and great PR, by the way. Do you remember the first thing you wrote about her? I don't remember the first thing. I mean, I don't know if you do, but I mean, I, I do remember being very, very supportive. Um, and I mean, I, I think part of maybe part of the things that we maybe had a Twitter battle over at the time was, you know, um, one thing that I thought was important and would have been important for any CEO coming into that position at that time was that, you know, Yahoo was it was going to be a tough slog for anybody right. to turn around that Absolutely. company. And so I think I thought it was important to kind of you know set expectations and sure. um, you know you got to give the person a chance to to really show what they can do. and But at the time, again, do you feel that when she came in that it had it was too far gone or that it was an opportunity? To me, when they owned an enormous asset in Alibaba, they had uh, goodwill, they had a lot of great products, still a lot of great executives there. I don't think it's too far gone. I mean, even now, I don't think it's too far gone. I mean, I am really intrigued to see what Tim and Marnie and everyone else at Verizon can do. But I disagree with this idea that it was, uh, what do you, I mean, people have been saying, yeah, I was a dinosaur for 10 years. I mean, they were saying that in 2006 and seven. I mean, Absolutely. Dinosaurs pe- were people were saying, put it in a box. A long time. Know, so. We're going to get back to that in a second in our next segment. We're here with Eric Jackson from Spring Owl, and he has been a longtime activist investor in Yahoo. And we'll be talking about the deal that just was struck for Yahoo to be bought by Verizon for almost $5 billion. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Today's show was brought to you by Audible, which has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. You can listen to all of that wherever you are, thanks to Audible's free apps for iOS, Android, and Amazon devices. It's not a streaming or rental service. With Audible, you own the books. Eric, what should I listen to next? I always ask guests. You might have listened to it already. Nicholas Carlson's Marissa Meyer and the Fight to Save Yahoo. Very good choice. I have not listened think, to it. I've read it. But I'm in it. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to have to come out of retirement and kind of write a final chapter Absolutely. for Absolutely. All right. When you become an Audible member, you get a free book every month, plus 30% discount on regularly priced audiobooks. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash decode, download a title free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash D-E-C-O-D-E. That's audible.com slash decode and get started today. Today's show is also sponsored by Qualcomm. They were the company that first connected our phones to the internet, making our phones smart. Now they're connecting the internet to everything else. Most people don't know this, but Qualcomm creates technologies we use every day. Whether it's powering experiences in our smartphones, Wi-Fi in our routers, sensors in our cars, or virtual reality, Qualcomm is leading the way to a fully connected world. Technology is at a pivotal juncture. Billions of devices are becoming connected, affecting not only how we communicate with each other, but also how entire industries are shaped. 
From healthcare to automobiles to smart homes to smart cities, Qualcomm is leading the wave of innovation that will significantly improve how we live. They're accelerating seamless connectivity as well as intelligence on billions of other devices and leading the world to 5G. I can't wait till we get to 5G. We're here with Eric Jackson, a longtime activist investor and someone who's written quite a bit about Yahoo. And we're talking about the deal that was struck just this week in which Verizon, the telco giant, bought Yahoo, the longtime Silicon Valley iconic portal, for $4.8 billion. Most people felt it was a sad end to a famous company. Eric, how do you feel about the deal? Let's talk a little bit more about the deal and what led up to it. I think Verizon got a good deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most people assume that the real estate value alone for Yahoo is kind of minimum $750 million mm-hmm. to a billion dollars. So mm-hmm. when you back that out of the deal, I mean, you're talking about buying all of Yahoo core for less than $4 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, if you had told anyone that four years ago, uh, I don't think anyone would have believed it. Right. I mean, Yahoo, you know, they, I think 2011, they did something like a billion and a half in EBITDA, which is profit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way that this company gets valued is, is like a, usually a multiple of, of profit. So, you know, most people back then would have said this thing is worth 10 to $15 billion. So I let's, think. let's so. talk how it got to this, because at the time, everyone felt like, uh, Marissa was going to turn around. It became much more valuable. The Alibaba stake certainly helped that. It added value to the company. But let's talk about the core business because I think pulling away the Asian assets is kind of deceptive when you talk about those things because they're separate and it's nothing Yahoo did to make it so. Right. Um, it just exists somewhere else. It's just like uh, owning a nice piece of real estate or something else. And again, we don't want to, you know, right now Yahoo's going to be split into two parts, which we'll talk about in a second. But Talk about the promise of what she did at the beginning. How did you look at her various moves, and where did where did Marissa Mayer go wrong? Well, I mean, someone asked me, you know, what was the you know her biggest accomplishment? You know, it's honestly really difficult to to really point to some acquisition or a new product or a specific thing that she did. You know, the one the one thing that comes to mind when I think of her is are those those first maybe four or five months on when she was on the job just how much uh, hope there was within the company mm-hmm. you know and I, I was sort of on the on the outside of the company but it was palpable and it was real mm-hmm. and and then i think it was like she gave them iPhones and free food i thought that was just silly but that's, <laughs> i know you all went crazy for that but it seemed to be table stakes to me in silicon valley um, yeah so i think the biggest thing looking back now and um you know what i wish i had been more vocal about earlier you know she was a first time ceo obviously I, I think she wasn't a good manager i think there were a number of you know mistakes that she made just in terms of how she uh managed people you know setting the strategy the strategy wasn't really articulated mm-hmm. um she had a lot of direct reports um like 26 uh, at one know. point or some number yeah like that. i mean that's just it's impossible, mm-hmm. you know. For and 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 it sort of it it sort of speaks to uh, an overconfidence in yourself, I guess. Or and and it slows down decision making when you have so many direct reports that have to get sign off from the boss uh, to do certain things. So it just slowed things down. Um, you know, the the M and A, you know, you know, it's very difficult to point to any any acquisition was that it was fifty two really... acquisitions, including Tumblr. Which was their yeah. biggest? 52, yeah. which is, in, you know, even Cisco didn't work at that pace, um, which is and, famous and for just, acquisitions. And the, the none that you can say, well, you know, like with Tim Armstrong at AOL, I mean, he had some misses, but there were, you know, there were some deals that post. were successes. And I think had there been 
I mean, I, I guess that, that would be the other thing is that it didn't appear that uh, she really followed. There's sort of like one thing managers try to do is sort of set low expectations and sort of have sort of key wins along the way to give a, both internally and externally to give this feeling like a momentum. Mm-hmm. And um, it appeared to me anyway that, you know, there, there weren't these kind of, you know, easy wins along the way. Right. And so the goals were very far off. You know, there was this, you know, constant promise about, you know, the, this is where, you know, we've got to do this. We've got to invest in the mavens. And, you know, I was, you know, we, we inherited this, uh, you know, difficult situation with the PC-based business. Mm-hmm. We've got to invest in the future, you know, which is all true. But there weren't signs of progress well, along Facebook the way. Facebook was in the same position. It was a web-based business at the same time and shifted over rather beautifully, I think. In 2012, too, mm-hmm. by yeah, the way. At the absolutely. beginning of 2012, you know, when, when Facebook was initially on its IPO roadshow, uh, there was this concern amongst investors that uh, they couldn't make that switch. And basically, over the summer, they, they did. Right. And so, yet to hear some of her comments now, it's almost like... I'm uh, fascinated oh, yeah. by that it. it's super hard. They always go, you know, and, and I'm always like, I thought you were geniuses. I'm sorry. You keep saying you're geniuses, and yet it's super hard, which is interesting. Um, and, of course, everyone gets paid rather well. What did you imagine the strategy around acquisitions, buying stuff and creating innovation by buying everybody up and then assuming something will happen. That's proven not to have worked. No, I mean, and it's... uh now looking back, it seems like something out of uh, the Silicon Valley show, mm-hmm. right? You know, where you have all these, you know, we like, we got to get the talent was the mantra at the mm-hmm. time and just get them in the door. And, you know, we only, we only had two dozen people working on mobile when, when I showed up. And yet you would hear these stories that basically people were just sort of sticking around, resting, investing, and then, and then they were out the door and they were gone. And so, yeah, it didn't seem to be sticking. And there didn't seem to be any internal products that were being developed right. that really were showing that that this was the future for Yahoo. And that was her cachet coming in. Like she was heralded as this great product Mm -hmm. person. Meanwhile, Um, Snapchat's doing its thing. It's very innovative. WhatsApp, all kinds of things are being invented elsewhere. Yeah. Which was yeah, interesting. I mean, the other puzzling thing is you, you sort of think of Google and people at Google as almost like robots and mm-hmm. kind of making decisions based on hard data and algorithms. And yet her management style and decision making seemed to be more, you know, intuitive, gut. If she liked you, you were sort of in. And, you know, there were these big hires, obviously, with uh, Katie Couric and yeah. uh, Joe Z and Bobby Brown and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So it was kind uh, of What did you think of to, the media strategy? such that it was. It was felt a little old school to me. That's what I wrote at the time. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like she kind of, you know, morphed away from it at first and mm-hmm. then sort of came back to it. And right. uh, and sort of, in a lot of ways... Because Yahoo sort of, was well known for its media. You know, Yahoo Finance, Yahoo, very successful sports and all kinds of things. Pro partnerships, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of pushing the same kind of deals that Ross Levinson had done before he left. So... Yeah, I mean, it, again, was haphazard. I mean, the headcount went up, and then finally it went down. So it, there did seem to be a lot of, you know, changing course along the way. And what about search? How did you, when she moved into search rather aggressively? Uh, well, great cost. I mean, obviously, like, the decision to get out of search was several years before she showed up. Mm-hmm. So she was sort of in this situation where they'd outsourced it to, to Bing. And she, even though she wanted to... You know, I think she would ideally would have liked to have done something internally. I think it was very difficult, but she persisted. And uh, so just in the last couple of years, when I t- definitely have been very, very critical of of uh, her, I, I couldn't understand sort of this quixotic um 
focus on, on what she knew, pro- right? project index. That's what she knew when she was working at Google. Yeah, I mean, and according to one interview I saw of one of her deputies, who, who's the head of it uh, last year, mm-hmm. it was one of the largest project teams at Yahoo. Absolutely. Which Enrique, just seems, Tor- Enrique Torres, yeah. right, who yeah. hadn't managed that many people at Google. Again, right. which I pointed out, and everyone was like, that's mean. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. He managed a small amount of people, now he interviews a thousand. That's a big quantum leap of ability, it seems to me. Although a very talented engineer and a smart guy. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this deal, but I want to talk about where it's going. Um, obviously, when, when you look at the Marissa Mayer era, how will it be assessed? I know there is this meme like, oh, it was impossible to fix, so she couldn't have done it. I feel as if she made a number of serious moves. Um, sort of like a, you know, you have a house, and it, it's a rundown house in a very good neighborhood, and, you know, lots of things aren't working, but they persisted in create even more problems for the house rather than fixing it. No question. Uh, she definitely shot herself in the foot multiple occasions. You know, I, I think if she had come in, I mean, and this wasn't just my idea. This right. was Mark Andreessen said mm-hmm. this to Sarah Lacey, I think, you know, days after Marissa was hired, that, you know, she should fire something like 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Because I think including contractors at the time when she showed up, That's there was lot. something like 16,000 people at Yahoo. And so uh, it, had she done that, uh, she basically would have seemed a lot more profitable for a lot longer than she did. Mm-hmm. And it would have bought her more time. It would have given her an opportunity to do more things. She was in such a honeymoon period at the time, nobody would have Questioned you know, blinked her. Yeah. about it. So I think, yeah, uh, she didn't do that. And the, you know, the, the things that she did seem to, to emphasize, they just didn't, didn't pan when out. When did you and then, turn? What made you turn? Was it when Dan left or what was the – he got out and took his money? Well, I guess, you know, I mean – there are lots of people in Silicon Valley who've got great reputations, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you scratch your head and you wonder, you know, is it is there substance there or is this just spin or buzz and stuff? And, you know, if you're on the outside, you don't want to make uh, premature judgments on people. Sure. And and I think, uh, you know, I thought she did deserve the benefit of the doubt and, and, and an opportunity to really— what turned you? Because you turned rather sharply. Uh, I think it was sort of in middle of the second year of her tenure. So this would have been 2013, I guess. The stock was doing great, you know, there, and, and everybody was like, hey, she's a, you know, she's fantastic. She's, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, it was only because of Alibaba going up, the stock was going up. And, and just some of the stories that I had heard, uh, you know, trickling out internally about, you know, how things were done. Like it was, it, it sort of gave me concern, like that, you know, what is the strategy here? Where are the accomplishments? Where is the evidence that the core is really turning? And um, I just felt like if, uh, you know, if you sit on your hands more and you don't speak up, I mean, the chances are nothing's going to change. And right. You know, right. <laughs> having been involved with Yahoo at that point for whatever it was, eight years, um, I knew what that movie looked like. So I just, I felt that it was important to start speaking up. And you did, and, rather significantly. Yeah. You put reports out and things like that. We'll talk about that when we get back and what it's going to take to fix Yahoo under new management. But first, this episode is brought to you by Wonder Capital. You probably know someone who has installed solar panels in their home. Small and medium-sized businesses want to go solar, too. But financing for commercial solar isn't easy to get. Wonder Capital is helping solve that problem. It allows individuals to invest in their solar funds, which go directly to helping those small and medium-sized U.S. businesses go solar. And since the beginning of the year, Wonder has originated over $25 million worth of solar projects. When businesses repay their loans to Wonder, you receive monthly cash flows in the form of interest payments. Wonder Capital doesn't take any fees for investing your money. Two funds are available. The Wonder Income Fund returns 6% per year during a 10-year period, and the Wonder Bridge Fund returns 11% per year during a 2-year period. 
These funds are asset-backed, the asset being the solar panel. Learn how you can begin earning up to 11% returns at wondercapital.com slash recode. That's W-U-N-D-E-R capital.com slash recode. I'd also like to tell you about Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Peter, who'd you talk to this week? Kara, I just had Tom and Elon from Genius, formerly Rap Genius, formerly the guys best known for wearing Wayfarers on stage when they were talking about their new company. They're fun, they're entertaining, they're annotating the web, and they explain what that means and how that's going to work and how they're going to make money from it. It's a good listen. They're also an interesting example of sort of young entrepreneurs who have sort of gone through a first phase of their career and now are in a slightly more sober and uh, interesting one. Back to you, Kara. You can find Recode Media on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're here with Eric Jackson, a longtime activist investor in Yahoo, who first thought great things were going to come from the Marissa Mayer era at Yahoo, and then later changed his mind. He had been a supporter and changed his mind as things didn't work out as well as he felt they should, and has been very active in giving advice to Yahoo and what she do. And you put explain your report that you did, which I thought was terrific. Yeah, we put out a ninety-nine page report. Not, why ninety-nine, not a hundred? Um, you know, her. it was just pure ninety-nine kind pages, of pure luck. And then uh, for some reason, people like that number. Yeah, so ninety-nine, ninety-nine. Anyway, go ahead. We did we did, we did a ninety-nine pager on Viacom a much later, so. <laughs> So I think everything's going to be 99. Okay, be good. Like the dollar store or something. Yeah. But we put it out in December. And um, again, back then, um, there was no sign that Yahoo was going to sell itself. Yeah. And a lot of people in the senior management team had left uh, in, uh, in kind of September, October. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were these rumors that Marissa had asked them to sign a pledge or something Not like that. Not rumors. I reported that. It was perfectly true, Eric. <laughs> so, I, which was seemed bizarre. Working my ass off for you people. Yeah. Giving yeah. you information. Well, I mean, I, I thought that was kind of truly bizarre. Yeah. And I just, you know, it, it seemed like sort of a case had to be made about why uh, change was necessary. And at that time, there were a lot of Wall Street investors who I would talk to who they were of the opinion, just sell the company and uh, sell it at any price. I remember one mm-hmm. guy told me, uh, I, I don't care about the core business, sell it for a dollar. Because what I care about is like, I hope if they sell it, it'll kind of push them down the road of monetizing their Alibaba stake right. and the Yahoo Japan stake. And that's where the real money is. Mm-hmm. And to me, so it unlock just seemed the bizarre. value is what they were looking for. Right. And, um, you know, what was puzzling to me is that the, the profits of the company just kept going down quarter after quarter, mm-hmm. and, and yet there were still over 10,000 people working there. And it seemed kind of crazy that uh, somebody would probably end up buying this company with, you know, so many people working there, and, and probably, you know, they would, you know, make the tough decisions then and refocus mm-hmm. and kind of eliminate redundant positions. And, and, and then suddenly the profits would go up, but it would be after that they, they paid their money. And mm-hmm. so the Yahoo shareholders today would kind of miss out on that. The buyer would gain from that. So we tried to make the case for why, you know, Yahoo should really start to make some of these tough choices themselves and cut costs and mm-hmm. kind of eliminate things like Davos sponsorships. Yeah. And, um, they get like the to Davos sponsorship. Yeah. So, um, you know, the no more Metball, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sponsorship and all this kind of stuff that was going on. So we talked about the, the M&A. Uh, I went through kind of uh, doing, I like, had to research, you know, 52 deals that you talked about before, like what was reported that, you know, they had bought them for and what the earnouts were and try to tally it up. And it, it came out to just under $3 billion right. that they had spent on these different acquisitions. So, uh, you know, we just put everything, tied a bow around it and put it in the presentation. And your recommendation and, was? 
was to kind of make some changes, uh, probably uh, replace the CEO, make some of these tough calls about reducing the the headcount. And, um, you know, try to increase the value of the company for the benefit of the shareholders. And so, you know, it didn't really work out that way. But, you know, I think with a few weeks later, they started um, announcing that they were going to make some cuts. Sure. Uh, There was a lot of, there was news, somebody had told me ahead of time about a big you know, extravagant holiday party yeah. that Yahoo had just put on. We made, made mention of that, and then subsequently there were photos. Uh, somebody did a big uh, expose mm-hmm. on the Instagram photos from the party yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, the actually, you know, the the criticism of the free food and all that stuff. I mean, in some ways, it was a turning point for not just Yahoo, but I think all the unicorn companies. Sure, where, I think a little of that you know, was bullshit and and entirely sexist, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> a lot of that stuff around her, I think, focusing on her clothes and things like that seemed ridiculous. I think I was focused more on the business itself. And um, it, what was interesting is everyone who had been such a cheerleader on the way up, especially media, suddenly became really tisk tisky about her sitting on a chair and taking pictures, which I thought was not really the point. And, yeah. you know, it's fine to criticize someone for their financial performance. The other stuff seemed just a little bit yeah. ridiculous. And, and to be clear, uh, we, we certainly yeah. didn't do that. Um, so, and so uh, did you... and there, has been a, there has been a lot of dumb criticism of her uh, over these years and her Vogue cover shoot or well, whatever. Well, that that I think stuff. that was probably not something she should have done, but, but she wanted to, so whatever. In any case, in that time period, an activist investor, another one, a big one, show up, Starboard uh, Value, which had already attacked AOL and gotten some uh, concessions from them. Was that really what it, when it really turned when they had to change the way they were going to run off spin off Alibaba and other things? Is that really when the sort of the shit hit the fan kind of thing? Yeah, it was a surprise because uh, Starboard had been an activist a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I had reached out to Starboard in I guess in the summer of 2014 and kind of p- made the pitch to them about why Yahoo was. I thought a great, still a great yep. kind of attractive company um, and undervalued. And they came, they went public in September of 2014 with their criticisms. But then it seemed like Marissa kind of, have, you know, fended them off mm-hmm. because even though there were sort of you know, possibilities that they might do a proxy fight, they decided not to. And they seemed to go away and it seemed like they were selling their stake down. So preparing to kind of get out of it entirely. And then suddenly they, they came back uh, in January. And so there's no question that they, they put uh, enormous pressure on, on and in the fall kind of leading up to that, but they put, they put more pressure on the company to, to take action. And uh, I think with the other criticisms that were out there, uh, I think there was enough discontent that, right. uh, that the board had to start listening. So when, they, when the process, let's finish this up talking about like this deal now. Uh, so that when the process happened and the different buyers started to enter it, were you surprised that this is the way it, it went, that they had to do this? Did they have to sell? I just felt like at this point, even though, you know, when we put out a report, you know, ideally we, we would have liked to have seen the turnaround happen independently and as a shareholder kind of participate and in the comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the company was was on such a track that I think it was better to sell it now, even at this she price. Had which, another, she had another turnaround plan. I, she had talked about that. Yeah. And so I much prefer this outcome to that. Because why? <laughs> uh, why? I, I just think... Uh, you know, it's better. You know, I, I wasn't at all. Uh, you know, interested in 
you know, waiting around to see the results of Project Index. Right, um, right. And do you think this deal was a, you, there were several bidders. There were many people interested in it. Uh, Dan Gilbert's Quicken Loans group was interested. TPG, a private equity firm, and several others were interested. AT&T was interested. Many of the bidders fell by the wayside, though, during the process. But it ga- came down to two or three decent offers. Uh, but many people think it's quite low for what, what Yahoo was. Or maybe not. I was- I was surprised it wasn't higher. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, although, you know, as you're reporting on things like the Mozilla um, clause and all this kind of stuff, sort of, uh, you know, and the the accelerated RSUs and the buyer was going to have to pay out to mm-hmm. the employees. Uh, Did you like that I mean, Mozilla clause story? Uh, I know. I mean, it just... You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it just like when you've heard about these different gotchas mm-hmm. uh yeah i could understand and and, and the business was uh was deteriorating mm-hmm. right you know it just That's kept going down point. so but i still was surprised uh you know w- this process took so long i mean it started maybe seven months ago and mm-hmm. you know at the beginning i think the initial talk was like oh i think it's worth four to six billion dollars six to eight and and you and you, you hope like it goes up over time, not mm-hmm. not, not, down. not not that you, seven months so later. So do you, you think kind of that AOL's gotten a real deal here, and where do you think it's going to go? We'll finish up talking about that. What do you, where do you think where it's going now? I think I, I've got enormous respect for Tim because I remember when he when it was tw- two thousand and eleven in the summer, and he was uh, I think the stock was around ten bucks a share mm-hmm. AOL stock, and everybody was talking about all the drama at HuffPost and uh, and uh, Arrington at mm-hmm. TechCrunch, and you know. People were thinking that he bit off too much uh, to yep. chew, and then there was this activist. Starboard showed up, and and ever since then, I mean, he has made a series of really deft moves: selling the AOL patents, mm-hmm. you know, getting the stock up to over forty bucks, selling it to Verizon last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't been perfect; he's made his mistakes, uh, but now he's basically taken over. Uh, Yahoo, when a couple of years ago, you know, people, including me, you know, we chuckled at this notion of AOL and Yahoo merging. Right. And I, yeah, so I would say merging, you know. So did Marissa Yahoo is so much bigger than AOL. Yeah. How can they merge? You right. know? And now he's he's going to run it, it yeah. looks like. So, you know, is it, I mean, they're, they're not going to be the next Google and Facebook, but... You know, he's certainly, it's certainly, he's much better off. Verizon's much better off than just with the assets that they had yesterday. Um, so this is a much bigger stage. Um, and with- I think he's going to focus on Yahoo News, Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance. Those have been neglected, you know, properties in some ways for, for years. There's still big traffic. So uh, they'll do video stuff. He was doing that already at AOL. I mean, this is right up that alley. Um, so I, I do think there's... Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, and I'm sure they're not they're not done there either. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he and I think Marnie Marnie Walton, his boss, are is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think so. It's going to be Wither exciting. Yahoo is it going to be what it was, or just just a part of? They they said Tim has told me they're keeping the brands and they are not getting rid of Yahoo, the Yahoo brands as some people thought they might. But they shouldn't. I think they should keep them. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I think yeah. it's smart. I mean, it's a beloved it's brand. Cool. I mean, this is still one of the most trafficked websites in the world. I mean, it's not cool for everybody in Silicon Valley, but everybody in the heart of America still loves it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, they should keep the brands. Uh, the brands do mean something. You know, in some ways, they mean more than Go ninety or what, you know right. whatever else. Sure. Uh, so I think that's that's smart. And I hope they bring back the old logo. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yes, I, I, me too. I, honestly, I, I hate I, that, that skinny part- logo, man. Dude. That was, I hate that. That logo. was part of the turnaround uh, 99 pager. Bring back the <laughs> fat logo. Bring the logo and bring back that billboard on uh, on the 101. Yeah, they t- they tried with the bad new logo. What is the legacy of Marissa Mayer and all these CEOs? I'm going to lump her in with all of them. What is the legacy? I'd say, you know, beware of the high-profile executive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
I mean, the, the high-profile executive uh, probably should be aware of their own uh, brand and be careful and and how they what they how they carry themselves. But uh, certainly, investors and board members should be careful in hiring someone like that. I remember somebody, I think it was Dan Primack writing when she first started, you know, oh, this is a no-lose proposition for her because even if she fails, you know, she'll make a lot of money and people will say it wasn't well, her fault. Happens. But I, I don't, but I, you know, I, you, you know, she's taking a hit here. I'm, yeah. I'm sure she'll come back in some way. Um, yes, there's no failure but, uh, in Silicon Valley, Eric. Don't you know that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, um, so I, I would say, you know, don't, uh, basic management skills, I think, are, uh, uh, you know, they mean as much today as they did 10 or 20 or 30 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. This was a turnaround situation that needed a quiet executive that just block and tackle to me, it seems like. And, and I guess, uh, I guess it's, you know, it's a cautionary tale more broadly for any successful company today. I mean, nobody thinks Facebook can fail or Google. And yet, um, right. Very you know, point. there's there are a lot of tales in Yahoo to, uh, you know, I, I admire the way that Facebook, you know, we're, we're so aggressive in going after Instagram and right. WhatsApp because, you know, that was sort of the anti-Yahoo move there. Yahoo just sort of was so slow mm-hmm. and so, so expecting that they, you know, we're still the top dog. And, right. Even if we don't overbid to buy this asset, it, we're still the top dog, and you know everything will come back to us. And we're, so, you know, at, so final question, Eric: Are we done with Yahoo? You and me? No. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not willing to say that yet. All right, me neither. I, you know, we're like I addicts. Think, we're like addicts. I, it's like a. I want to see the. It's like I want to see the, res, the resurrection years. <laughs> you know. Oh, Eric, we're you so know. ridiculous. But uh, you know, but I'm not mean, right? You called me mean once. You have to take it back. Did I? Did I? Call you me? did. You said I'm being mean. You're I said not, I'm being accurate. No, you're not. You're not mean at all. <laughs> okay, uh, you're, you. you're, you're not mean at all. Maybe <laughs> I was defending Dan Loeb there. Oh God, that guy. But, that guy. But, he uh, walked away with no, a you, pile you were, of money. He used to drive me only, crazy. Like I said, you were the only one who was who was a skeptic. Well, Dan is much cleverer than I because he walked away with a pile of money, and I just was right. <laughs> um, one point, he was he and I were arguing about something, and I said, "You're so." I think I wrote him. You're so poor, all you have is money, which he got really <laughs> mad about. It's my little moment, even though he owns like 27 islands in Greece. In any case, uh, lots of people have benefited off of Yahoo, and we have benefited in that it's been a fascinating story. And Eric, I really have appreciated all your uh, stories and, and uh, thoughts on this. And thank you for coming by. Thank you. I've met some great people, yourself included, thank who you. I never would have met if I had not kind of pulled the rope on Yahoo. Let's have so a reunion. It's, it's been great. Let's have a reunion. Okay. If you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with 23andMe CEO Ann Wojcicki, AOL co-founder Steve Case, and Numenta co-founders Jeff Hawkins and Donna Dubinsky, just to name a few. All those interviews and more are at recode.net slash decode. Now that you're done with this, why not try one of our other podcasts? Recode Media with Peter Kafka comes out every Thursday. On Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask along with Lauren Good of The Verge. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from our events like the Code Conference, Peter Kafka's Code Media, and Jason Del Rey's Code Commerce. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Eric. Thank you to our sponsors, Audible, Qualcomm, and Wonder Capital. Thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes this show. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. Remember to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in then.